Hello, everybody, and welcome to Educational Podcasting Today. Welcome to 2016. I hope you're having a great time, and I hope you're having a great school year. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and I am here to help you create amazing podcasts with a little help of WordPress. We're going to be talking a lot about podcasting in this show, going to be talking a lot about websites and how you can create your very own educational podcast. We have a great show coming up today. We have a little old school and a little new school. Today, we're going to actually be talking to Kelly Croy, the Wired Educator, and we have a great interview that we did back in 2015 that we are proud to showcase here in our episode today. But I want to talk a little bit about some of the great stuff that's been going on here on the TeacherCast podcast and how you can take your podcast to the next level by some of the things that we're working on here. See, we just recently moved into our new home, our family and I, and one of the things that we worked on when we were shopping for a house is a space for our TeacherCast podcast and our TeacherCast broadcasting network here. There's a lot of neat stuff that's been happening. And when we moved in here just before October, one of the plans was to build a podcasting studio. Um, Many of you guys have watched my videos out there and you noticed that I had a green screen behind me and green screens are nice. I I recommend them. I think they're great and um, have a few great video tutorials on TeacherCast if you're interested in learning a little bit about green screening. But I was really, really interested in finding a new home with a room big enough to house all of the computers and the microphones and the mixers and the iPads and all the great stuff that we use here to bring you educational content week after week on the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network. So I want to talk today a little bit about building a studio, what what went into it, how did it work, and really when we were starting out this project, it really did start with the walls, coming up with a color, coming up with a color scheme, and we actually ended up going with a two-tone color scheme here, and I think that's important because when you're dealing with cameras and video, you know, having a different focal point was one of those things that I really wanted to work on. So we've got blue walls here, baby blue walls, wanted something to bring out the old eyes, you know, and I have a white wall here for a little bit of contrast. So part of the videos that we're going to be popping out with over the next few months are going to be uh, focused on various parts of the room. And the other thing that you want to look at for is where is all your equipment going? So we purchased a nice dining room table. And when I say dining room table, it's about four feet long by maybe five feet. It's just a big table, nothing too fancy. Um, And that is where most of my equipment is. And we were actually fortunate enough that the desk, the corner L-shaped desk that we had in our previous home was able to make the move. Um, Thanks to some of my friends, of course, that came over with a bunch of brackets and helped us secure this thing. But, you know, we have a nice horseshoe style desk for everything to go into. And one of the things that uh, many of you guys know is I have uh, small children running around. The babies right now are two years old. And every time they walk in here, their hands just pop up onto the uh, onto the desk and uh, grab at everything. So because of those reasons, it was really, really important that uh, in order to make this room nice and safe for my family, that underneath of the desks, I probably have four or five cord minder type things where all the cords are, are snug away. I bought a lot of twist ties and I bought a lot of uh, Velcro straps. So all of the wires here for our information and all the wires here for our uh, devices is nicely tucked underneath. So I would say for anybody, and I I get this question a lot, how do you build your studio? What kind of stuff is in it? Um, 
right on top of this post, if you're listening to this audio, I do have a video that I'm putting up that basically gives the tour of the studio, tour of the office, and shows you how I'm doing this and what it is. But essentially, when I looked at this before, I even wanted to figure out what kind of equipment goes on the desk. I wanted to make sure that visually the room looks nice, and I also wanted to make sure that the you know equipment was going to be safe, so that way I, you know one of my small children doesn't walk in here, grab a wire, and run. And then, you know, much like you see on TV, all of the monitors and equipment are going to go flying down the hallway with them. So had a lot of good stuff going on there. We are powered here at the studio by a 2013 Mac Pro. Um, it is my powerhouse. It is my, it is my workhorse. It does everything for us here. But, well, I should say not everything because right next to my uh, Mac Pro, I have my uh, 2009 um, iMac, which is where we run all of our... Um, our, our chat box off of, we run all of our social media off of during our live shows, and it's also where we keep our communications going. It's, it's the Mac that I'm looking at when I do all my shows. And right next to our Mac, I have two 27-inch monitors that are going to be run, running right now, Windows 10, uh, dual monitor boot into all that stuff. So in order to put all these things together, we have a plethora of uh, computers and Skype machines. One of the things that I recommend anybody doing now that we're here at the beginning of our school year, beginning actually, I should say, of our calendar year, um, is backup. And uh, anybody who's listened to me talk about podcasting or computer technology knows, make sure you have backup. So I'm looking over here probably at seven or eight hard drives. Uh, Many of them are three or four terabytes. One of them here is actually a 10 terabyte RAID. And I use everything to, you know, make as many redundant backups as possible. Um, So backing up your backups are amazing. Uh, We've also figured out how to basically turn all of the Apple products in here, I'm going to essentially say into Chromebooks. Uh, And what I mean by that is the fact that every piece of data that we have goes into at least one safe location. Either it goes up into Dropbox or goes into OneNote or it goes into Box. That every single thing has a digital place and that is also digital redundancy. So in addition to all of that, let's talk a little bit about some of the workflow we have here. Because people do always you know, come up and ask me at conferences, how do I do show notes? How do we keep a workflow? How do you, how do you manage these different things? And we, we have two different styles of managing our digital content here. Um, you know, When we do our Tech Educator podcast, we have um, show, you know, co-hosts that are in California and Chicago and Massachusetts and Connecticut. So we do like using Google Docs. But the one thing I want you to understand about Google Docs is that it's not efficient in a WordPress uh, ecosystem. I know there's a great plugin out there that I do recommend called Google Docs to WordPress, I believe. Um, but it doesn't quite fit the needs of what we're doing here on TeacherCast or on the TeacherCast website. So all of our stuff starts off in Google Docs heads on over to Evernote, where we format and process and put all the links in. And then from Evernote, we go directly over to our WordPress post. As far as audio goes, we were able to upgrade some of the equipment here in the studio. Have a really nice Heil PL2T boom arm here. I actually bought two of them. Uh, so we can have a guest mic in here. We can actually have two people, at least two people, uh, running around. And I guess now that I'm thinking about that, we can have actually up to four or five people um, based off of the fact that we're running a really nice Behringer uh, X1832 USB mixer. And all of these links are going to be in our show notes, of course. But I just wanted to kind of give you an idea here of 
what went into building our studio. So all in all, we have most of our equipment going through our Mac Pro. That's where we have uh, our USB hubs. That's where we have our head, our uh, hard drives, our mixer, our microphones. All of that stuff goes into our Mac Pro for processing. Um, what I'm looking at right now is a 29-inch ultra-wide uh, high-def monitor that I not only have the Mac Pro into, but I also have my cable system in. So that way I can do it as a split screen, and I can do half the screen is a uh, computer screen, and half the screen I'm watching cable. Kind of cool. Um, so all that stuff is all wrapped up. I'm currently recording this audio through GarageBand, but I also have my audio system um, hooked up. I like to record audio uh, through Final Cut. I'm a big Final Cut guy, and I highly recommend if you're going to be recording audio, record audio through a video processor. Um, It's a lot easier to find your mistakes if you're doing it visual, I think. So that is a little bit about what's been going on here with TeacherCast. I'm really excited to be getting back into the educational podcasting today's show. Um, Thank you guys so much for sticking with me today. There's a lot of great stuff here. I want to take a moment and transition for a second over here to our guest. Now, when we first started this show back in the springtime, I had this vision to create a show that not only is going to help teach you a little bit about WordPress, teach you a little bit about podcasting, how to use it not only as a podcaster, but also in your classroom. And I wanted to feature podcasters. And so Kelly Croy was one of those amazing teachers that I connected with when I first started podcasting five years ago. And actually, if you look in our archives, I believe he's episode number like six or seven called The Wired Educator. And Kelly and I just have so much in common. He's an Apple Distinguished Educator. He's a Google uh, Certified Teacher or Certified Innovator. He is a fantastic English teacher out of Ohio. And recently, and I'll say recently as, as early as like six, eight months ago at this point, Kelly started a brand new podcast and became a podcaster himself. And he has been doing some amazing episodes featuring people like Don Goebel and other like educators. And I, I highly recommend taking out Kelly's podcast today. You can subscribe to him. I'm going to have all the links over on our show notes. So the interview that I'm going to show you is a little bit out of date. We did record it over the summertime and I wanted to put it out earlier, but with me moving and uh, babies and all that jazz, we just didn't have an opportunity to put this out before the move happened. So really excited today to introduce my good friend, Kelly Croy. Stick with us throughout the interview. It is a great one. And on the way out, we're going to talk a little bit more about how you can take your podcast to the next level and be a guest on Educational Podcasting Today. My guest on today's show is the Wired Educator Kelly Croy, an English teacher from the great state of Ohio and the new podcaster on the Wired Educator podcast. Kelly, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Great, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Now, you are a Google certified teacher. You're an Apple distinguished educator, and now you're officially a podcaster. What made you go for the trifecta? Um, I've always been interested in podcasting. Uh, I used to do some podcasting just within my own district, uh, not you know on a, a broadcasting situation, but making podcasts with my students, uh, their tests, trying to help special ed departments with um, helping the learners become more independent. And I like listening to podcasts. Um, Listening to your show and, and seeing all the things that you're doing, uh, I finally decided to take the leap and uh, listen to myself talk. I don't know if I have any other listeners, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. So. 
And talk to us a little bit about your show. You have elected to put your show on iTunes and what other platforms can we find you? Uh, primarily just uh, iTunes. Mm-hmm. I have it on uh, SoundCloud. I have like one episode or two on SoundCloud. Uh, I'm just kind of exploring. I'm kind of learning as I go, um, which is a lot different for me because usually I like to read and learn everything about whatever it is I'm going to do. Uh, this, this, it's really fun to do a podcast. And so um, I kind of learned from my mistakes. I haven't bought an expensive microphone yet. Um, you know, I kind of, I want it to look good. I want it to sound good. Uh, I want it to be of value to people. But uh, I'm just kind of taking it slow and kind of learning and uh, not trying to invest a, a ton of money into it right off the bat. Uh, my approach to it is just to try to help educators, try to get teacher stories out there. We, we, we always take a moment out of all of these interviews to ask the question, can you podcast for free? And I'm finding that the answer in almost every case is, yeah, you don't need to buy tons of equipment. What kind of things are you doing? How are you recording your shows? Well, um, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, is, besides TeacherCast, of course, is uh, Smart Passive Income by Pat Flynn. Are you familiar with that show? Absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, I followed basically Pat's advice uh, on how to do podcasts. And I use, um, pardon me if I I don't pronounce some of the websites correctly, but I decided I wanted to go primarily on iTunes, um, that I wanted it to be distributed from my website. I wanted the podcast to bring people into my website and my website to bring people into my podcast. Um, I decided uh, I wanted to... Um, be just audio. I don't do any video podcasting whatsoever. And um, I really wanted to go with a radio sound to it. And um, I use uh, Pat Flynn's smart uh, podcast player on my website, which I think gives it a really good look. And it is able to allow listeners to find the other shows. I love how it puts the show notes up. And uh, I use, I host it on Lipson. I think you're, do you do that as well, or use uh, Google Hangouts for about everything? Oh, absolutely. We, well, we record everything on Google Hangouts, and then we also put the audio up on Lipson. And so you're, I actually have it host my, my show's hosted on two different locations. Um, okay. And Lipson is absolutely a, a great place to host your podcast, and you can get it really, really cheaply too. Yeah, and um, it's pretty easy to do as well. I, you know, I just followed some instructions, uh, yours as well, and uh, I found using Lipsons to be very easy to do. Sometimes I have to go in and tweak some things uh, t- to make it look right. Um, and I also use a service called Ophonic, A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C. I think I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of levels out the sound and um, clean, cleans it up for me automatically. So and it is a it is a paid service. So let's take a look at what you got here. Of course, if you're interested in learning more about Kelly and his website, you can go over to wirededucator.com. Now, before I ask you what is a wired educator, um, you created this whole thing using WordPress, correct? Correct. Yeah, I like WordPress. Uh, I was a big fan of Michael Hyatt. Um, I use a Michael Hyatt uh, theme. Um, kind of it's tweaked a little bit i had a gentleman go in and tweak it a little bit mm-hmm. but uh yeah that's basically how I, i'm rolling yeah 
and and it's very very clean. Are there any plugins? I know you were talking about the the, the podcast player, but since we have a lot of people who are listening to the show who are getting into WordPress. Um, this is self-hosted, right? So this is WordPress.org, as they call it. Um, are there any plugins that you would recommend, uh, maybe inside or outside the podcasting world here? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and Jeff, that's something I want to explore more with you. I know you know these plugins very, very well. Uh, I can see a lot of benefit to it. You know, using Lips, and you can go in and you can see your traffic and, and things like that. And it's very interesting to see what uh, episodes are, are getting played the most and things like that. And so I do want to explore plugins more. Uh, I run a pretty stripped down website. I don't employ a lot of plugins. Uh, I just purchased an opt-in uh, plugin I, to do like a drop-down uh, plugin. I'd like to start collecting some teacher emails uh, to send out some reminders of things like that. Sure. Uh, but I don't, I don't have it employed yet. Um, you had recommended pretty links mm -hmm. and unfortunately I have not, uh, successfully got that going yet. Uh, but I'm hopefully work with you and I'll, I'll get that done. Um, there's a couple others that I, I want to do, but, um, uh, I, I don't know. I like a pretty simple website. I like a pretty clean website. I think I've got a good look going. Uh, the biggest hurdle I've seen with podcasting and blogging, which is completely opposite to Jeff Bradbury is, uh, is, being consistent, you know, anybody can go on a diet for a day or for a week or maybe even a month, but to be consistent about that discipline of dieting or weightlifting or running and podcasting and running, that is, that is a real strength. And that's something that you do incredibly well. I don't think anybody, you know, realizes how much work can, can go into one uh, blog post or one uh, podcast let alone to do that consistently, week in, week out, day in, day out. And, um, you know, sometimes I just shake my head in amazement at uh, how much you produce. And it's all quality. It's all great. And you're really promoting other people. And I, I applaud you for that. Well, uh, that's, that's th the main thing I'm working on right now is consistency. Th thank you for saying that. And I'll tell you what the secret is. You have to start breeding your own editing crew. And that's what the Edger triplets are certainly for. Yeah. You know, I, I want to also showcase one other thing here. And by the way, I, I love the theme on your site. Again, wirededucator.com. Um, at the bottom, you've got this, this thing that says, along came a leader. What is that, Kelly? Okay, so uh, thank you, Jeff. Um, for many years, I've always wanted to write a book. And um, I do get to travel quite a bit and speak and uh, do presentations. And one of the topics that I'm probably – invited the most to speak on is leadership. And um, it's in my book, I talk about, you know, the, the problematic loop of leadership. And it's that everybody deems that it's important. Everybody knows that we, we need and want leaders, but no one's really willing to invest the time or really knows what to do to produce leaders. And so I've talked to parents, I've talked to corporations, I've talked with churches, I've talked and worked with schools on how do we get uh, leadership to be a topic of discussion, and how do we really get uh, young men and women to become leaders? And so I've collected my ideas, and I've written a book, Along Came a Leader, and uh, you can order a soft copy on uh, Amazon or a Kindle version, and um, you can also go to alongcamealeader.com, which is my personal website, and order one if you'd like uh, an autographed uh, one. 
But anyways, in it, I just kind of spell out six primary elements of leadership, some lessons I've learned in life uh, through scouting, through um, working with other educators, uh, life experiences, coaching, uh, you name it, and and offering that up to people to, to try to help them uh, create leaders. It is something that we need to talk about. And I'd just like to end my little plug for the long came a leader. It, leadership is the solution to everything. If you have uh, a problem within your family, the solution is leadership. If you have a problem within your business, the solution is leadership. If you have a problem in your school, bullying, for instance, the answer is uh, uh, leadership. And uh, so we, whether you use this book or another book or another speaker, uh, we've really got to make this more than just saying it's important. What are we going to do about it? And we have to give young men and women opportunities to lead. So I have to ask you this question here because you brought it up, and I, I want to get back into the podcasting in a couple seconds here, but what leadership qualities have you learned from scouting? Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm very proud uh, to say that I was an Eagle Scout, or I am an Eagle Scout, even though a lot of people think scouting, I, I, I think they, if you're not in scouting, I don't think you understand it. Uh, I place my Eagle Scout rank right up there with my college degree, uh, with my work experience. Um, Becoming an Eagle Scout is, in my opinion, truly living the the laws of scouting. It's to be trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, prudent, and reverent. To wake up with a motto uh, each day to, to do your best, uh, to really um, focus on serving God and country and family, um, to love your country. Uh, it's just an embodiment to me what it means to be an American citizen and and to want to become a better person. And uh, scouting is about goal setting. Um, it's about helping other people. And that's why scouting is the reason I got into education. And education is the reason I got into speaking. And speaking is the reason I got into writing a book. And so they're all, they all kind of work together. I think scouting could be one of our greatest and most unused resources uh, in, in America today. It's just It was a wonderful program for me. And I wish it was more popular. Um, but, you know, I, in it, I, I point out six major areas. And they're very simple, but we need to work at them each day. One's communication, to becoming a better communicator. Leaders need to communicate clearly, to be an authentic leader. Um, when we see a leader screw up, uh, for lack of a better word, it's always a lack of authenticity. Wisdom, you know, people, I don't think they believe wisdom is obtainable or you have to, you only acquire it when you're really old. Well, you need to read, you need to listen to podcasts, you need to work at acquiring wisdom, uh, having a strong vision, you know, working with Google and Apple, I uh, really, really learned the importance of having a vision and working towards that. And one of the biggest ones I've learned from sports is tenacity. Uh, and that's something I think you possess very uh, well, Jeff. The ability to not give up, to pursue a goal in, until you achieved it. And I know I left one out there, but, uh, uh, you know, it all needs to be wrapped up in a, in a nice bundle of uh, action. You've got to take action. And I've never been one to sit on the couch, and I know you're not either. And uh, I just really think leadership's important. This, writing this book is not about uh, me trying to promote myself or, or a way to make money or something. It's something I really believe in, and it's a way I'd like to give back. You know, we've talked about scouting a lot on other episodes, and, and even when I had a chance to meet you personally, we've talked about it. My favorite one out of all these scouting oaths, I believe, is do a good podcast daily. 
And I think if we all can keep that motto, we'll, we'll certainly be in there. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about your show. We talked a little bit about the website. We talked a little bit about recording it. How do you prepare for a show like this? You've only done 12 episodes and you know, you've broken the first hurdle, right? I don't know all the statistics, but I I have talked to the people at Lipson and Blueberry and they said, look, if you get past episode eight, you've got a certain percentage of being a podcaster. And then if you can get past episode 22, then they see another drop in, you know, another, another benchmark. So you've gotten through that first little hurdle. What are you doing differently now that you may not have done the first couple episodes? What have you learned here? Um, like a lot of things that I do, I find podcasts or blogs that I really admire and I try to incorporate some of their qualities, but at the same time, giving it some of my own, uh, unique twists and and turns. And so, uh, obviously if you listen to my podcast, uh, you'll see a heavy influence of, of Pat Flynn. Uh, I really like his intro and outro. And so I went to Fiverr. And I found a guy to make my own intro and outro. And, and I really only invested like five or ten bucks. It's great. If you haven't used Fiverr.com, uh, jump on it. It's a great way to get some cheap graphics and, uh, and voice talents and all sorts of different things. But my, my real belief is I don't prepare a lot for uh, the podcast. What I do is I try to find people that uh, I want to meet and talk with. And I just try to have a conversation. I sketch out a few questions in my journal. I use a moleskin journal for that. Um, I kind of take notes. I really like that it's just audio. I think that takes a lot of pressure off of the guests. Um, and people, I think, you know, look at approaching it differently. I know we're doing a video podcast now. But um, I think, you know, as a teacher, my, my vision was, I envisioned teachers to like be listening to my podcast while they were grading papers or while they're commuting to work or while they're eating their lunch in their room or, or whatever it is. And so it's just some, like a background conversation that they could listen to. And so I really see my, my podcast, 90% of it's going to be conversations with interesting educators that, that you should really network with. And I'm really proud of who I've had on. We still good? Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, the other 10% is going to be some episodes of me um, sharing some things that I've learned. And, and uh, I, I really kind of want to aim it. I've kind of got, as I get in the later years, this, I'm going to start my 25th year of teaching. Uh, I'm kind of looking at education a little bit differently. I'm, I've got a couple of projects in the works. And uh, one of them I really think uh, is going to help a lot of teachers down the road. So I'm anxious to unveil that. And I'm going to do it like my book, Along Came a Leader, a lot of that were originally blog posts on my kellycroy.com website. Nice. And I really see that uh, Wired Educator, the 10% that I'm going to do of me talking and things like that is really going to be uh, future content for a project that I'm working on for education. And um, I'm excited to get that going. What, what is a Wired Educator, Kelly? What is a Wired Educator? Well, you are one. And uh, to me, a wired educator is uh, kind of like a Jedi. You know, they are they are knowledgeable in the ways of uh, leather-bound books, yet they also can uh, wield a, a gadget of, of, of this generation. Um, a wired educator is someone who first 
above all, has a, a love and passion for education. And they're in education because they love students. And they're, they also love to create. But there is that wired part. And that wired part is kind of a play on words. Part of it is just being wired with energy uh, to want to affect a change within the world. And the other part really is a tech, technological side. I really think uh, technology has a great draw to students in several ways. One, it's just cool, right? We just want to mess around with things and, and play with it. But second, it's uh, is is such a liberating tool for all people, but especially students, to express themselves in video, in words, and creation of all sorts of things that they could never do before. And so my teaching now is about creating a class that I would want to be in. My podcasts and my writing and my blogs are about creating things that I would want to read and watch. And so a Wired Educator is, is someone who wants to do those sort of things. You know, I, I listened to your first couple episodes, and then I listened to some of the middle episodes, and I've listened to your last few episodes, and you've come such a long way with your show. It really, really is an amazing show. And if you haven't checked out the Wired Educator podcast, certainly go over to wirededucator.com. You can follow Kelly on Twitter at Wired Educator and certainly subscribe to his show. When you do, head on over to iTunes and give him a nice uh, rating and review podcasters love that stuff. Kelly, before I let you go, I want to uh, let you in on a little secret here. We have a little bit of a game show that we play with all of our guests right before we let them off the hook here. Oh, no. We have five questions to uh, stump any educator, and uh, would you be interested in playing what we... I, I, I don't have a title for it yet. I'm still calling it the Edu5, but we'll find an official title. If you have a... If you're listening out there and you want to help title this thing, please let us know, but Kelly, would you be interested in taking the Edu5? Wow, I want to say no, but I love to watch Jimmy Fallon, so let's, let's play. I, I, has anyone missed all five? Um, I, I, no, not okay. yet. Not we, yet. We could have a first here tonight. Okay, go ahead. Uh, number one, what is your favorite Twitter or hashtag? Twitter, my favorite hashtag is, uh, oh boy, I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, the iBooks, the weekly iBooks hacker, iBooks. Yes. Yeah, iBooks chat. All right, that's it. Uh, number two, favorite educational tool? Favorite educational tool. Hmm. Boy, uh, I'm going to old school this one. I'm going to fool everybody. Uh, I like the document camera. Really? I like, I like taking students' work and putting it on in front and showing everybody. Best advice you've ever been given as a podcaster? And this is not a loaded question. <laughs> Best advice? Uh, consistency. Uh, don't, don't, I've already broken it, but, uh, they say not to miss a week of uh, publishing. Number four, what do you hope your listeners take away from your show? Uh, I hope they leave being inspired to, um, do something different in their classroom. And number five, and this is, this has been the one that's been stumping everybody. So what is the best teachable moment you've ever had? Uh, I'm just going to throw one out. So uh, when the iPod Touch first came out, I had a young lady who was uh, in the hospital. Uh, she, had, um, she had cancer, and um, she could not be at school. And so we gave her one of the iPod Touches um, to take into the hospital. And she was, for less educational reasons, 
but more for social reasons. She was able to visit the classroom using the video camera. She was able to chat with her friends. Uh, she was from a very low-income family, and uh, I'll always remember that moment. That that was a great equalizer for her. And uh, she's a cancer survivor too. So that that sounds like a story an Eagle Scout would share. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Continued success with your show. Uh, if you are interested in learning more about Kelly, of course you can go over to WiredEducator.com, or if you check out TeacherCast, I believe this is like the third show, third or fourth show you've been on. There's plenty of Kelly Croy over there. Your website looks great. Your podcast sounds amazing. Certainly check them out, uh, Kelly. Where else can we find you if we're looking for you in the uh, social sphere? Sure. So I. I host another website, kellycroy.com, and that's primarily for my speaking and my writing. Um, and I, I have a Facebook page. Uh, it's Facebook forward slash, I think it's Chalk Art, and um, I'm pretty easy to find. Just Google me, and, and I really like to interact with people, uh, just like you, Jeff. I like to help people with projects they're working on. I love to collaborate with other teachers. And before you, uh, you let me go, I just want to thank you for inspiring me and other educators And thanks for having me on tonight. Thank you so much, Kelly, for being here. We'll be back more with educational podcasting today. All right. Once again, I want to say thank you to Kelly Croy, the Wired Educator. You can, of course, find him on Twitter at Wired Educator and over at Kelly Croy. And check him out at thewirededucator.com. He's got a great website. He's got a great philosophy on life. And he's certainly one of those guys that not only has supported TeacherCast over the last few years, but is just one of those must-follows out on Twitter. Well, that is our episode for today. We are going to be getting back into the things. I'd like to be able to do an episode like this once a week, maybe once every other week. But of course, we are found on iTunes, and you can reach out to us on our individual feeds over there, or you can subscribe to our full TeacherCast audio programs over at teachercast.net slash iTunes. And please, while you're over there, Take a moment and give us a nice review. We're getting back into podcasting. We've been doing an awful lot um, since we really opened up this brand new podcasting studio uh, in December. And I'd like to be able to create content that's valuable to you. Do you have any topics that you'd like to learn about? Are you interested in starting out a podcast of your own? Or maybe you just have a question about equipment. This is the podcast for you. If you're interested in having your show featured on the podcast and being a guest on us, please reach out to us on Twitter at TeacherCast or leave me an email over at feedback at TeacherCast.net. If you have any great questions, you can, of course, reach out and leave us a voicemail over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. On behalf of everybody here on TeacherCast, keep up the great work in your classrooms and keep sharing your passions with your students.